So, Dodgy Meets is back again. I'm joined by Morton in the community, Chief Executive Brian McLaughlin. Brian, how are we? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, thanks for having me on. Hope you're well also. Yeah, I'm not bad. Getting on as, as well as we can be during the, the most testing of lockdowns yet, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's, I think it's the surviving stage at the moment. Um, I'm usually quite active and it's quite a struggle to sit at my desk all day in the house. And, but we're getting there. We're safe and well, which is the main thing. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot of things to be to be lucky for just now, isn't there? Despite all the restrictions in place. Yeah, it is. I mean, I just read, read something the other day, like people saying if you're working from home, you've remember you've got a job and a house. So I quite liked that wee quote the other day. It gave me a wee boost because the last probably the first lockdown was interesting. Um, we very furlough wasn't even a thing when we we started working from home, and it was very uncertain, but. We managed to get through it and we managed to get some activity stuff before Christmas, which was exciting. And like everyone, you get so much and you want more. Um, and then just seems after Christmas, we've took a couple of steps back. But listen, if we need to do it, we need to do it. Yeah. And I think well, the first question I was going to ask you was that Morton and the community have been able to adapt so much over the course of the lockdowns, haven't they, to, to still be providing services and activities and, and groups over the yeah. lockdowns, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, as I said there in last March, it was it was scary times, I'm not going to lie. It was We might have had some difficult decisions with some staff and, listen, I was up front and honest with them and myself included in that probably because our delivery model is people um, coming to stadiums, coming to football pitches, coming to games halls. Um, so initially we, we went home and tried to, to go online, which for us was brand new and for a lot of people it was brand new. Um, but we managed to get the furlough scheme and most everyone went on furlough and, and I, initially, sorry, apart from myself. And we started to look at what we can and can't do. So we, we kept our team talk project online, which actually started online in the end of February. Um, just we we had sort of insight of what was to come. And then we looked at homeschooling, speaking to my sister, and she had two boys and try to work, and one boy who loves football. So we started sharing stuff, and I think I shared one of your match reports, which we appreciate. Um, and then at the moment, we're doing some employability stuff and fitness sessions online. So... We're still engaging people and trying to help as much as we can. Um, and it's a credit to the staff for adapting so quickly also. Yeah, and I mean, and uh, to flip it into a positive, it's kind of kicked Morton in the community to a whole new level because it's given you another dimension to provide, to, to well, yeah, basically to provide from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're sitting on Zoom just now and that wasn't even a thing in my mind um, mm-hmm. until probably March. And it's allowed us to, to engage people in, but like for example, team talk we're doing a Monday night. We've got two guys who still attend who are not from Inverclyde. Um, when we go back to the stadium, we're going to maybe look at ways where we can maybe have face to face, but also Zoom in the background, and it's it's just opened our mind a wee bit. But also, it allows us to continue to engage people when we thought it was maybe quieter times. I um. And I mean, it's 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 also kind of been a more than the community's also been a shining light throughout as well. Like it's given people just an out an outpost to to get in contact with at, at all times, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've been here for over seven years now. It's actually nearly eight years in March. Um, 
for which six and a half have been my life. And um, and we've always been, since I've been on post, I've always been open and honest and wanting to help people. I would genuinely never say no to, to any sort of project or any support or if I, if I couldn't help someone or put a project on, we would always signpost. So we're hoping we can continue that, but what we've done, we've looked at the most vulnerable members of the community in, in the last year or so and thought, well, we can't just disappear. It's so easy to follow everyone and mm-hmm. set the feet up until we, we go back to the normal, whatever normal may look like. So we're not disappearing, but we're continuing to try and help as much as we can. And we're always open to help people if anyone got in touch as well. Yeah, and I mean, in a community like Inverclyde, a project like Morton in the community is massive, isn't it? Like Inverclyde, somewhere that from just from the outside in, look, look, it prides itself on the community spirit and and being there for one another. Yeah, I mean, we've probably seen that through lockdown. The Belleville Community Garden, Compassion Inverclyde, um, similar to what I just said, it's so easy to use the follow scheme because ultimately it's there, but. Instead, the, the third sector in Inverclyde decided, well, well, let's just roll up our sleeves and help and deliver meals or pick up prescriptions or just general wellbeing checks and stuff. So, no, it's a, it gets a lot of labels, Inverclyde. Um, and I've openly said that before around sort of poverty. It was at one point, and it was a COVID capital at one point. But for me, that provides opportunities. Um, every negative, as you say, there's, there's definitely a positive in there for us. Aye, and you've um, in the seven and three quarter years that you've you've been a thing. It's you've just gone from from strength to strength, haven't you? And you've you've been able to you've been able to to, to help in those in those times as well. Yeah, I mean, um, in my time there, we, we used to do football only, mainly, um, and sort of game solves and football pitches. But probably about two or three years ago, we we tried to streamline everything we do. Um, and my biggest sort of mantra is sustainability and impact. So don't do something for six weeks because if you take that away, some people might rely on that. So we've tried to really support the community, but keep it sustainable as much as we can because ultimately we don't want people to go back the way. We want people to be feel part of it and they might move on to maybe employment if it's an employability project, but we're still here to support people. Um, and that's something that, well, as long as we're here, and certainly as long as I'm here, that's something we'll always look at as long-term vision of support and Inverclyde. Yeah, and I, and I mean, you're, as much as you're lucky to have Morton, Morton are as lucky to have you, if that makes sense. Like, he's worked so well hand-in-hand, hand, don't you, to provide each other with the, 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 the coverage, really? Yeah, I mean, listen, Morton community doesn't exist without Morton Football Club, and it's so important um, over the last year or so um, we've not had many opportunities due to obviously current restrictions but the support we've had from from the club over the last what uh, seven years or so has been fantastic and that includes Crawford Ray as well with the support from sort of Golden Casket around um, financial side in terms of helping with payroll and stuff like that so the support's fantastic but hopefully the, the support we, we give the club is also merited and um, beneficial for them also because it's a community club it's one club town um, and for me football clubs are these interesting things I still if I go away anywhere I'll go and visit the local football club if I go on holiday I'll go and find a stadium so hopefully that is still going to be the centre of our what we do moving forward 
Yeah, and I mean, Morton is a like as you've said it, haven't you? Like football clubs are the heart of most most communities that the local team anyway. And I think Morton and, and Inverclyde kind of like there's so much scope there for 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 clubs like Morton and and things like Morton in the community to to really really thrive and like he's already kicked on on a new level through the lockdowns. But if once things go back to normal, the, the scope's there to go even further, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I spoke about third sector earlier on in Inverclyde, but if it goes bigger than that, look nationally, you look at what football clubs done or football community trust done over the last year or so. Um, they they really went above and beyond, and I'll I'll say it a lot. Three o'clock on a Saturday is very important. I'm a football fan. I love the game, but it's so much bigger than what you see on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and and I think the future we're we're going to continue to do that and. There's probably changes ahead at the club, as you, you know, and I think there's real opportunity to really uh, work hand in hand and, and get that Morton badge out there as much as we can because when, when we used to have our camps and stuff, we tried to have a Morton day or a blue and white day just so kids are falling in love with the club at the earliest possible age and hopefully they become lifelong fans or players or you never know that affiliation. It can go from generation to generation. Yeah, and uh, again, it's it's. I mean, you could kind of say clubs like like even like not in the community kind of find yourself fighting with the old firm at times, not fighting, but like competing with them. I think it's a better way to put it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, listen, the big two are always going to be there, aren't they? And um, the, it's generations that get passed down. People are football fans because of mum or dad or grand or granda, but. Listen, if we can get as many kids or many young people involved in the club or affiliated with the club in terms of the badge, uh, offer them a good service, have that sort of life participation within their family as well. I mean, there's going to be benefits for the club um, in, in Berkeley. I think one of the one of the moments where we, we noticed that sort of participation around families, we delivered an employability programme at Capital once and at the same day, we were doing an education programme and the mum was on the employability programme and she met her daughter who was on the education programme in the stadium on the same day. And for me, that's impacting a generation of families. So hopefully that continues and they have a positive experience. And it's not just, as we say, three o'clock on a Saturday, going and cheer your team on, shout at the ref, shout at the team, whatever. Um, it's that bigger picture we're trying to achieve. Yeah, it's, it's making it... Um... I think it's the pride of Inverclyde, isn't it? I think that's the that's the main outcome, isn't it? Yeah, the heartbeat of Inverclyde, we said. So um, we, the reason for that is we, we feel as if we're in the middle of the Inverclyde, we're there to support. And hopefully, we, as I said earlier on, if we can't support someone, I'll openly try my hardest to get them support. So in the last couple of days, for example, someone spoke to me about Team Talk. Uh, the gentleman doesn't have a, an IT device or access to Wi-Fi. So for the last two or three days, I've been speaking to other people and CVS Inverclyde, your voice, and hopefully in the next two days, he's going to have a, a laptop or a tablet with access to Wi-Fi and they can connect with us. So we'll try our best to help, but if we can't, we'll find the right help for you. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's good things like that, that it's the, it's the feel-good stories that kind of make these things worthwhile, isn't it? But obviously not just for yourself, but like as, as a whole, it's, it's promoting that, that good community spirit as well. Yeah, and I think it's so rewarding. Um, it's just when you when you help someone, you get a good feeling. Um, but the staff uh, that work with us, 
on a daily basis before COVID. We used to see them come back to the office smiling and, and happy from projects because they've helped someone. And our impact, I mean, you look at football, you can work with a footballer from a young age, develop them through academy into the first team. That's a long time development. Whereas for us, we can develop people over one session potentially. Uh, that's an hour or two weeks or three weeks. So it's that overnight stuff we're really seeing. I think just seeing the staff happy that they're helping people, um, you just get that sense of achievement and we'll continue to do that, um, hopefully in the future. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of take it all back to the beginning, you, you, I mean, you are the driving force behind Morton in the community. What what made you want to what made you want to start up? Well, I, I came in after about a year or so, um, and for me, I was thinking about this earlier on why how I got to here, and I think for me, football's always been my passion and probably like all of us, we want to be a footballer, never going to be good enough to be a footballer. And uh, for me, I started at the, the club uh, in the academy way back before Derek Anderson even came in, just taking one team. From there, moved on to other employment and then um, Sean Crichton was actually working at the, mm-hmm. um, the Community Trust at the time and then he signed for, for Morton at the time to go full time. So there was an opening for me and uh, I spoke to Warren at the time and we managed to get a, a contract and stuff. And then since then, it's just went, I think within the first four weeks, I was promoted because Tom left at the time and within six and a half years, I've had five job titles. But for me, I do it because I've, I've moved out of Inverclyde in the last year or so. But for me, Inverclyde has been a massive part of my life and it will continue to be a massive part of my life. So all I want to do is help people in Inverclyde and hopefully leave some sort of legacy that Morton Community or Morton Football Club's helped someone um, in health, sport, education or employability. And as I say, I, I enjoy it. I could probably sit here and talk about what we do and why we do it every um, for hours or so. But just that whole sense of achievement for me and I'm quite driven where I like change. Sometimes change isn't good for people, but for me, change is great. And if we can do something, we'll do it as long as it's sustainable and long term. Yeah, and I mean, um, it kind of just relays that whole community aspect of football, doesn't it? Like, I think we've obviously touched on it in other ways, shape, or forms, but like, football's a national language. It doesn't matter your race, your language, what country you come from. You'll, you'll always understand football, you'll under, always understand the, the just the simple terms of it, like pass, shoot, defend, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it really unites people, football, and it always has done. Um, and I always think of football stadiums, and luckily enough, we can go to the football stadium every day, or we could pre-COVID mm-hmm. to work. And I remember for the first six months or so, I used to sit in the main stand and eat my lunch and just look at a big bit of green grass, which... If you look to the Battery Park for five, ten minutes, but you could look at a football pitch for hours. And when you look at the, the stadium, you think these places used to be closed um, Monday to Friday, maybe open every second Saturday. But now across the country, they're open seven days a week um, or previously before mm-hmm. COVID, obviously. But now these are spaces where people can come and learn and develop. And yeah, and before, I know I'll go back to it again, it's so much more than. Saturday afternoon and Saturday afternoon will never disappear because 
I get the same feeling on a Saturday afternoon as probably every football fan. Nerves, nerves, excitement. Five o'clock might be a bit of jubilation, might be anger, but that'll always be there. So now football can really benefit people in a, a much bigger way. And listen, people come to us for support who don't even know anything about football, probably never kicked a football in their life. And for me, that shows why we do it is so important. Yeah, of course. Um, and it helps when like you've had players buy into it and they've came along to uh, like camps and stuff like that, the summer camps for the kids. It, it, it helps. It, that must help you out so much in terms of not just promoting it, but just getting the whole message across as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've all got role models. I mean, I've still got role models at, at 35 now and... You always remember, I can remember growing up and meeting footballers randomly or seeing footballers in the airport, but being up close and personal with footballers for these young players, I go back to what I said earlier about trying to inspire young people to fall in love with the club or the game. And when players come to the to the camps or education programmes, I mean, it's fantastic for these kids and it's stuff they'll remember for a long, long time. Even... Um, when we're fortunate enough to deliver on the pitch at Capelo. Four and five-year-olds played football on the pitch at Capelo. It's something they'll remember. Um, we had fan, uh, excuse me, sorry, we had half-time activity where kids are playing at half-time of games previously. And this is stuff kids will always remember. Mum and dad will always remember as well because we've got that picture of their son or daughter. And for me, that's inspiring people. And hopefully, as they progress long-term, they'll remember them. Um, I go through a stage at the moment where I meet a lot of sort of 18, 19, 20-year-olds when I'm out at maybe buying a coffee or going to McDonald's or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now I'm being served by these kids who I used to coach when they're 9 <laughs> or 10. And it gives me great satisfaction to remember me. Um, but now you're looking at them thinking, they're a man. Or <laughs> ah, you're like, God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but hopefully that's inspiring people even like to make a footballer is difficult we all know that but for me the biggest thing is long as I still play the game so randomly on a Saturday I'll just go and watch football if I've got nothing to do um, maybe go and watch a junior game or whatever and if I can remember see a kid who I used to coach playing junior or amateur it still gives me satisfaction because ultimately doing I'm in love with the game doing something productive as well and not hanging about street corners stereotypically and stuff like that. Yeah, or even some of these young players now are at college doing sports coaching and they're coming volunteering with us or potentially coaching with us. So for me, they've been inspired along the way. I'm not saying that's me, but the game Mm -hmm. has inspired these people. Yeah, there's totally... um... The projects like this, as you said it's totally changed the way that football clubs reach out to the community doesn't it like as you said places like Capelo were open seven days a week for folk to go in and either come in and speak to yourself or like Brendan and then and as a club secretary and stuff like that and beforehand it would have maybe been again just the oh we can only go there see our heroes isn't it on a, like every other Saturday you know what I mean yeah I mean I can count I've countless times how many times I've been sitting in the office and People come into Capelo, um, guys from England doing tours of stadiums, um, local people, I'm just passing by, can I see the pitch? And the answer's always, absolutely go and see it because if I go on holidays, much to my girlfriend's dismay, we'll always probably find a stadium and if we go a city break, we'll maybe squeeze in a, 
um, a stadium tour, which usually cost me money later on to maybe take her to an art gallery or buy her a meal. <laughs> but but for me, these are just these hidden places that they're, they're fantastic no matter where they are and what they are. Um, I think Kaplow's got a unique selling point. You look at all these new stadiums, and but for me, the history of Kaplow and the crane in the background, um, old pictures are thousands upon thousands of people, and that crane's still there. So it's huge. Um, but when we do other projects at Capital as well, it's a it's more of a novelty factor and it's a it's a unique learning environment for people as well. Um, it's not a, an educational environment in terms of maybe a school or a, a college. So again, there's a novelty factor there that I think if you get people in, you can hook them, inspire them. Um, so it's got its benefits massively. Oh, it's hugely, and we've seen that with the stuff that, like obviously you said, team talk, uh, the, the the stuff with the schools. I've seen other, I've seen other clubs jumping on that since, and it's I think Queens did some similar to not uh, instead of the match reports, it was uh, your times tables with the squad numbers and stuff like that. So just even things like that, just to keep just to keep people engaged and keep people ticking over. It's like even more so now. It's 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 so vital, isn't it? Yeah, huge. I mean, if you look at previously. I mean, when I was in school best thing about school for me was PE probably and playtime or lunchtime to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, but now kids are coming in, their, their classroom is the, the changing room. There's strips in the wall, they're adding, subtracting player numbers. Um, they're in the boardroom um, where it's VIPs only, we think. and um, It's just these unique learning environments. And from our education programmes, the feedback we've had from, from teachers is, is huge because they say, well, these kids don't really engage in school, but we're talking maybe a different language in terms of football when we do stuff around match commentating and they don't know who their commentator is, but if you say who plays FIFA, straight away their face lights up, who talks during the FIFA game, that's the commentator. So it's just trying to relay the message, what they're being taught in school in a different environment and related to football, which it seems to work. And hopefully in the next year or so we can invite people back to Capolo, but um, that's the exciting part when we can do all these projects face to face again. Yeah, um do we think do you think we'll ever go back to proper full capacity face to face stuff again? Or do you think that's some well off? Yeah, to be honest, I think it'll be a while off yet, but um, the beauty of Capolo is you could probably social distance either in the, the stand. So Team Talk for example, we use the main stand um, mm-hmm. for three or four months um, in the, the sort of summer, I'll say, in inverted commas. Don't get me wrong, we got absolutely attacked by midges. And, but coming to team talk at the stand, we could social distance. Um, hopefully in the future, uh, you look at the lounges at Capital, the bigger ones, you mm-hmm. can probably social distance in there. So when it's safe to do so, we'll do it. But until then, I think we're just going to need to do it online and over the phone and stuff. But hopefully we can still help people as much as we can. Yeah, um, and I mean, has there been any like, projects that have stood out for you that you've thought, I'm really, really happy with it? Probably over the, the sort of seven and a half years before COVID, we've, we've delivered 25 projects on a typical sort of period. That would be our sort of baseline. Um, and... All of them have got their benefits. Um, football for me is always going to be fantastic, but football for me happens and it will continue to happen. But 
There's probably two that jump out, and one's Active Age, which is within care homes. So Johnny, our health project worker, goes around eight care homes and plays games with various um, residents. Um, works with over about 100 people in that programme, um, all in care homes. And the main aim is to get people out of their room and to engage in activities. And we're proud that one of the residents is over 100 years old and they're engaging in Morton um, activities. So that project's massive and the benefits we've had from that in terms of, uh, sorry, this is all pre-COVID, but people leaving their room for the first time, uh, people going to walk for, for the first time in years, families giving us feedback on their mum or uh, gran or granddad, whoever it may be, the positive benefits they can see. Um, so that project's massive for us. Um, and then the second one, and it's probably one of the most powerful ones, is Team Talk. And, that's been delivered now for about 18 months, um, virtually and face-to-face. -face. And the impact we've had on that has been, has been huge for us. And some of the guys' stories is, is so powerful. Um, I think Amy from the Greater Telegraph produced one last, uh, last week around mm -hmm. Stephen and his story. And I'll be honest, when I read stuff like that, if I, I get a real sense of pride. But you also got a wee tear in your eye to think the guys have done that. And... Um, so, yeah, and I think these projects are totally left field. Um, it's not really football. It doesn't really involve a football. It's got nothing to do with 22 players on a pitch. So, yeah, they two are probably the biggest ones, I think, because get the most impact at this moment in time. Yeah, well, I knew about, uh, when I was in what, first year at college, I knew about Team Talk in the January, and I didn't get the job at the Tilly until, what, the, the July? So... I, I, that's kind of showing you the reach that stuff like that I had. I, 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 I had no connection to Inverclyde previous to that, and then like, I'd already, I'd already known. So he's already, he's obviously getting such a far reach on stuff like that as well. Yeah, I mean, we, to be honest, we probably planned it for about nine months, and I stopped um, launching it because I just knew it had to be right. We had to make a commitment that every Monday was the stadium would be open pre-COVID. Um, if Monday was Christmas Day, we would probably change it to the Sunday or the Tuesday, depending how we, we would fit that in. But we just we made a commitment that every Monday between seven and nine, that stadium's open until we went online. And yeah, it's, it's one of these projects that probably will never disappear now. Um, we can't... Some, there's similar projects um, having these impacts and they shouldn't disappear. Um, if we'd done that for 12 weeks, for example, on week 13, I don't know what I would be thinking, whereas people didn't phone them. So we've made that decision that every week it's going to be on. And um, We've been fortunate Christmas hasn't been a Monday yet, but, <laughs> um, but it will come soon. So we'll adapt on that. And um, The guys are brilliant. The guys just, the peer support, they go walks together, they go and play golf, all within restrictions. And the, the support they give each other helps us as staff because um, that's why they're there. They help each other. Um, but, yeah, so that's interesting. And we've also added a wee coffee club on a Friday for the guys just to meet over Zoom and get an informal catch-up for 30 minutes and talk about everything and anything. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But It's a lifeline as well. Oh, massively. And just even the WhatsApp group on the side, um, I've had 
guys contact me on a, a Saturday night um, in tears um, and don't get me wrong, I'm sitting on the couch watching a movie or whatever and you can't not answer that. Yeah. Um, so it's a massive lifeline for people and the pandemic's probably um, accelerated that as well. So we'll continue to do it um, and it'll be here for, I'll say forever. <laughs> Aye, no, that. And it will stuff like that will be because there's always going to be a there is always going to be a need for something like that, which is which is not saying that's a good thing because obviously men's mental health is such a, a huge issue. But the fact that there'll, there'll always be a need for stuff like this means that there's always there's always going to be outposts for for people to engage with. Yeah, absolutely. And when we we were doing a research on it, um, Inverclyde did the second highest male suicide rate. Um, so straight away we we wanted to try and use the draw of the club and. Um, we, we started it and I think the first night one person showed up but we said all along if one person shows up every single week we're doing it mm-hmm. um, on average we get about 10 or 12 now um, a couple of them don't engage with us at the moment on Zoom but we, we still try to pick up the phone to them or drop them text messages just to say we're, we're here because excuse me, Zoom isn't for everyone mm-hmm. um, so we don't want to isolate people and we don't want to make them feel uncomfortable either coming on Zoom yeah, because I, I, I mean, as it's like people adapting to Zoom has been strange. Like it's it's, it's looking at these people being able to see in your home and like it's like virtual backgrounds and stuff like that it helps you helps you hide that. So there's the whole mental side of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And some people maybe have never used a computer in their life either. Who who engage with us on um, Team Talk and that's a barrier. And we try and support that by offering maybe devices or. But um, and some people are on Zoom twenty four seven. We work and don't want to come on because they're want to switch they're off. Yeah, so there's so many challenges. But we've tried to reach out to people as much as we can with maybe phone calls or text messages, and even Johnny going to play golf with one of the guys. I think back in was it August September time, just just for someone else to do and engage people. So always looking at ways we can help people because we don't want to isolate people um, especially if we offer a service and it goes back to that sustainability stuff and impact for me yeah no of course of course and I mean to kind of switch the attentions on to kind of the, the actual on the part side of things obviously 20 minutes before we started recording this news has came out that Jim McAllister's gonna play his last game for Morton tomorrow and, and hang up his boots it's it's, I think it's totally shocked the fellow that everybody in and around the club hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's quite a shock for everyone, as you say. But I think from what I've known Jim over the last, I don't know, two or three years or so, he's he's been excellent for us. And um, pre-COVID, he would come in the office, chat away to you, and um, any sort of support for like camps and stuff we spoke about earlier on. He's been always willing to help us. Um, Great career as well. Um, oh, hugely. Like, going down south and the stuff he's done there and then coming back up. And it's probably a bit of a fairy tale coming back to sort of captain. And sadly, it's I think it was always going to end at Morton in terms of his career, but sadly, it's probably came as a shock that it's so early, opposed yeah. to maybe end of season or next season. So, But no, listen, we, we wish Jim all the best because, as I say, he's supported us massively and he's a great guy as well. Um which is into the bargain for me also. So Oh yeah, no, of course, of course. Hugely successful. 
Yeah, and he's 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 actually probably the perfect role model for people in Inverclyde to look up to, isn't he? Obviously, Rotty, born and bred, came to play for his local club for a while, and then he's gone away and had a really, really, as you said, a, what a career he's had for the last twenty years. Yeah, his story's brilliant. It's so relatable for people, and I think the biggest thing about his story is that whole commitment to football. Like coming from Rossi, as you say, it's it's a huge commitment, especially however many years ago that was. It's um, a lot of commitment, and um, hopefully he's not going to be a stranger, and he could be used for other things in the future because um, he's been brilliant for the club, and I dare say he's probably been brilliant over the last two, three years also within the, the dressing room we, we may be younger players looking up to him like so like Reese for example mm-hmm. um, similar position um, maybe similar background within a, in a sense so he's probably had a massive impact on players that he probably doesn't realise if that makes sense Yeah, no, I think you're right it's just, it just I think I I, I don't know the way to describe it probably he, he rubs off consistency onto people doesn't he because I think yeah, Jim is Mr Consistent no matter what he does he's like commitment um, the way he applies himself how he plays the way he plays stuff like that isn't it yeah I mean you just look at how much work he puts into it and it's probably been difficult to, to work that hard at a consistent level for however many years it is now but as you say that rubs off on people um, and there's probably so many people that look up to him, um, even up to now and probably at the weekend, uh, tomorrow, sorry. Um, there'll still be people looking up to him and what he does and probably try and replicate what he does. Um, you hear a lot about football, looking up to people, replicating habits. and So, no, it's a, it's a huge miss, but um, obviously wish him all the best as well. Yeah, and I mean, on obviously Martin, if I'd quite a suit. Well, they've had a successful season up until this point, obviously sitting just outside the playoffs. Does that kind of rub off onto the, the projects that, that you carry out? I, don't, I mean, if, yeah. if the team are doing well, are people maybe more open to coming along? Or do you, have you um, noticed anything like that? I'd probably say yes and no. Um, like consistently, we've, we've had massive um, input in our sessions and, and uptake. Um, but um, obviously when the club's doing well and there's a buzz about the place in terms of not Carlo but Inverclyde around Morton and I always remember when the semi-final via Aberdeen we had 50 odd youth academy players with us and all the community there was a buzz so if the club's doing well there's it's probably an easier job for us if that makes sense um, but within the last sort of five years or so we've started to really engage people out with the football um, and at one point last day uh, sorry, 18 months ago, over 60% of our projects didn't even involve a football. So, yes and no is probably the, the best way to put it. Um, but obviously you want them to do well as much as we can and, and create that buzz and ultimately get capital busy and get people speaking about Morton um, is hopefully what we can try and contribute to. Yeah. And I mean, what's what's the future for Morton in the community? Like, what's obviously the sky's the limit, by by no means. But like, is there anything in the pipeline that that you're really excited about? Yeah, I think um, we had big plans sort of pre-COVID about education and and trying to work with the sort of education department and the attainment um, team locally. I think there's always going to be plans around that because um, education for me is massive for for kids and. 
especially the, the kids who are maybe living in deprived areas are statistically um, less likely to achieve. So hopefully we can utilise that and give people an opportunity. Um, also looking at just keeping the, the staff happy and continuing to deliver what they've been doing. Um, I dare say there'll be a change here or there because no matter what happens, something always comes on your doorstep and you'll never say no to. Um, but for me, it's just continue to do what we're doing well, keep doing what we're doing well and make sure we're having the best impact on people as we possibly can. And that, that has been the, that's been the, the aim all the way through, hasn't it? Just the, the best effect possible. Absolutely. I mean, I want people to talk about Morton in, the, um, in a positive way, no matter if that's a kid coming onto a football pitch or an adult in a care home aged 104 years old. I want people to have the most positive experience. Listen, we'll, we'll never get everything right. We never will. Um, but anything we do and anything I try to install in the staff is we do it for the right reasons. And that's to a, put people, a smile on people's faces, develop them and hopefully progress their life wherever that may be, whether it be the youngest age or the oldest age. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit nice to think about that, isn't it? You're impacting folk with such a, a wide age range. Like, I think that's kind of the, the beauty of it is that it's there for everyone. It's not just like, specifically for, like, say, six to ten-year-olds or like, teenagers or like, people in their 20s. It's, it's for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I always call them players because it's the football term, but our youngest player is 18 months and our oldest player last year was 108. <laughs> um, so it's probably Fine. everywhere in between, which... Not many organisations will do that. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. And listen, it's, it's always going to be change. It's, it's always going to be exciting and a bit of a roller coaster at times. But as long as people are happy and happy with the service we provide, um, obviously feedback on any services I'm happy to take also because um, I'm quite open-minded that if something's not right, I'll try and fix it as much as I can as well. Yeah, and I mean, just for the, the final bit, if you if you want to go go ahead and advertise things like team talking, the 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 fitness stuff, by all means, go ahead, and we'll we'll be able to put that in for you. Yeah, so team talk every Monday night, as we say, um, typically on Zoom at the moment, um, seven to nine. Don't need to put your camera on. Don't even need to speak. You can just come on and listen. Um, but as you say, we've launched a new. Get Moving with Morton class, um, which is a fitness session, um, all delivered at home for males and females. So that starts in two weeks' time, and that's going to be delivered by two local personal trainers, Gary Pettigrew and his partner, Tiffany. So two, a male group and a female group um, will still provide education materials on a weekly basis on social media, um, usually Morton communities, the name. But if anyone wants to get in touch or find out more about projects, probably the easiest thing to do is email um, admin at mortoncommunity.net, mainly because our office phone's off at the moment and we're all working from home. But find us on Twitter, find me on um, LinkedIn, email, whatever suits best, but we'll try and help as much as we can or get you onto our programme. And no matter, just turning up is just turning up is a good thing, isn't it? Like There's so many benefits for it. Yeah, absolutely. Just we always say the hardest thing is the first step. Um, so if you look at Team Talk, for example, the hardest thing on a Monday night is to walk into Capital that first time or join the Zoom session. 
or employability, the hardest thing is to walk in the first day or join the Zoom session for six weeks. The first step is always going to be the hardest, but we pride ourselves on um, keeping people within programmes. Our drop-off rate is very, very low, um, and I think that's a credit to the staff and volunteers we have. But the hardest step is making that first step, which is so crucial, but if there's ways we can help support that first step, whether it be one-to-one -one phone calls or one-to-one um, -one Zooms, whatever, um, we're always happy to do that as well. Yeah, and I mean, again, my hat goes my hat goes off to all the work that you do because as it's even when I was uh, even when you asked me if to, to send over one of my match reports for the kids, it was it was an absolute pleasure to do that. Um, I, even just taking even just helping out like that gives you such great satisfaction. So the fact that you're able to do that and as a full time as a full time thing is is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, somebody once said to me, if you enjoy your job, you you'll never work a day in your life and. Don't get me wrong, I work some days because it's harder than others, but uh, I genuinely enjoy what I do and I'll continue to try my best to support people because um, nothing's going to be a hassle for me. Um, my sometimes I work seven days a week, sometimes five, but listen, I enjoy it. So hopefully I can continue to help people. That's perfect. Uh, thank you very much for, for coming on, mate. It's been, an absolute, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, thank you. Loved it. Nah, top man mate, hero, thank you.